Is this a spiritual podcast? <laughs> sure is. You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio, the realest conversation on spirituality, finding your truth, and creating a life that honors your soul. I'm your host, Megan Hale, and together we'll grow in more faith, more love, and doing our holy work in the world. We've always been holy, and we were born to be wild. Permission to be both is granted. Happy Monday, everybody. Please excuse my voice. I have been sick all weekend, and I actually was waiting till today to record the episode, hoping that my voice would sound a little less froggy, but I promise I feel a whole lot better than I sound. I just started antibiotics today to make sure I am 100% for Wild and Holy Weekend, which is coming up this Friday, which I am just so excited about. There's actually one last spot to join me. So if you have been feeling the pull to come to Texas, come to Austin, come and stay in a beautiful house with some beautiful women and really just ground down into who you are, knowing you're enough just as you are, you can bring all your dichotomies, you can bring all your feelings, you can bring all your questions, you can bring all your judgments, you can bring all of you and know that it's enough and you're ready to live braver and expand into your next version of self, then please reach out to me and let's make this happen. I am offering a special payment plan for this last woman. I have been really feeling into where she is right now and I just feel like there is this high level of frustration that she's been trying to solve this spiritual problem in non-spiritual ways and she is just wearing herself down so i want her to come to wild and holy weekend to reconnect with the power that lives within her uh her divinity oh my goodness and just her sacredness and to know that that is just one of the most powerful things to attract things in her life and that she doesn't have to work so hard she can just call it in. So if you know a woman who is in this place just feeling exhausted and run down, like she's just beating her head against the wall because something just will not work in her life, whether that's a relationship or her business, this is a weekend for her to come and recenter and learn to work and live from a different space that has a whole lot more ease and grace involved and a whole lot more trust and faith. So please keep your eyes and heart open for this last woman. I know she's out there and I just, I can't wait, can't wait for her to reach out to me and say, yes, this is me. I know you've been holding my spot and it's just going to be perfect. <clears throat> so, you know, these weekends always inspire me to step into like a new depth of my own truth and show up more bravely in the world. So I just, I can't wait. I cannot wait to be in this sacred container with all of these women, and it's going to be just a beautiful way to wrap up, I guess, the last, before we head into the last few months of the year, right? And this is one of the things that I love about having Wild and Holy Weekend at the very end of September is because it just sets us up to have such a powerful 2017, and it's going to blow 2018 out of water. So I'm really excited to, to do this soul work and prepare these women to just launch into a new radiant version of self. So let's see what else is going on. Oh, yes. So you guys, the free four-day Wild and Holy Truth Challenge is coming up next Tuesday, which if you did not listen to announcing 
the four-day Wild and Holy Trees Challenge on the podcast last Tuesday, then you need to go make sure you listen to it because I tell you that I'm giving away $1,500 in prizes. And that's actually going to be more than that. And in order to win this $1,500 prize, all you have to do is share this challenge on social media. We have set up this awesome, awesome app that's actually tracking all of your social shares. So once you sign up for the challenge, it's going to give you a unique link. And the more you share that unique link, the more points you get and the more points you get, the more chances you have to win. So what is it that you're actually going to be winning? So I have had... I don't even know how many women reach out to me asking how they can do this wild and holy work if they can't come to a wild and holy weekend. And I've really been sitting into that and really feeling into how can I bring this work to more women. And the thing that came to me is to offer an eight-week group program. It's going to be starting October 23rd. The cart's going to close October 16th. That's going to hold this spiritual container for you to do this wild and holy work of finding your spiritual authenticity, of diving into the spiritual tools to heal the spiritual problems in your life. And what I'm talking about here is most of the time, the work that I do with with my clients is all around embodying their true self, finding deeper authenticity, but more than that, like moving past confidence to soul level conviction, okay? And the way that we get to conviction is we have to know so wholeheartedly, like on a soul level, who we are, what we're here to do, and why we are the only ones in the world that can do it. Okay, so it's really tapping into like your divine marching orders. And when you really truly know and believe this on a soul level, like there is nothing that you cannot do. So when you are wanting to embody this brave, fierce, loving, kind, compassionate woman who is so grounded and solid in who she is and what she's here to do, the impact she's here to make you become an unshakable force that is in this beautiful co-creation with God to manifest your dreams. And it has been such a whirlwind of me, like for me to really pull all of these pieces together and watch the magic unfold at Wild and Holy Weekend because this is the work that we do over these retreats. And now to be able to offer a container um, that's in an online version that we can still do this work together. You can still be Wild and Holy. You can still bring all your dichotomies and know that you're enough. I think this is where so many of us get stuck is we feel like we can't put ourselves out there to help others unless we've helped ourselves 100%, right? Or we feel like we can't be seen... Um, as an expert in our field, unless we have all the answers, right? (laughs) Um, We can't put ourselves out bravely until we're fully ready. And like these things just don't really exist. Like that's not the full truth. It's not the full truth. We, We can show up just as we are, knowing we're enough just as we are for the impact we're here to make. So Wild and Holy Truth is an eight week program that is all geared towards helping you have more faith and trust in yourself, God, the universe, whatever your terminology is, whatever your spiritual center, whatever your spirit spiritual authenticity is so you can do your holy work in the world. Because I know that if you're listening to this podcast, there's a deeper calling in you. There's this fire in you to really step into your purpose more boldly, to know why you're here, to give more meaning and fulfillment in your life, to your life, but also help others as well. 
these are the kind of people that gravitate towards this work. They want to be awakened and they want to feel vibrant and they want to feel fulfilled, but they also want to feel deeply grounded in their sense of self. And this is the program that brings all of this together. So it's practical spirituality. We're going to be unraveling a lot of the stories that are keeping you small, that are keeping you scared, that are keeping you in this black and white, either or, instead of this both and thing. <laughs> so you can step more boldly into your work and into your life and be more vulnerable and open and courageous and just how you're living and loving and leading. So if this program sounds amazing to you, you have a chance to win a free seat, a free seat simply by sharing the challenge. So make sure you sign up for the challenge because we're going to be diving into the four layers of truth that we need to do our holy work in the world. Um, the challenge is September 26th through 29th. We're going to wrap all of that up into a pretty little box with a bow that the next Monday, October 2nd, we'll be doing a free masterclass where I'm going to be bringing all of these four layers together for you. And I'm going to be announcing the winner from the Wild and Holy Truth Challenge, okay? So you don't want to miss that webinar. And then after that, we're going to have a fast action bonus payment plan that you can sign up for by October 4th, where this spreads out your payments over three months, which makes this super doable to get in and do this work because it will transform your life, you guys. Oh my goodness. Like when I look at my journey, like my whole life journey, the thing that I struggled with the most in being braver and being more courageous to take big leaps and to take those small steps that are so necessary to embody a new version of myself is I would always feel like I was beating my head against the wall because I was trying to solve a spiritual problem with non-spiritual tools. Like you, we can't solve something on the soul level from a cognitive place. So that's what makes this program so unique and different is that we're doing the spiritual work that solves the spiritual problem. And this will change the way you walk through the world. This is like wild and holy weekend on steroids. And I'm just, I'm so excited that I get to offer this and welcome so many of you into this work so you can go and be your bravest, fullest expression in the world because, oh my goodness, you guys, the world needs that. Okay. So you can find all the details on how to join in the show notes. Definitely go and check that out and then share it. That's how you're going to win that free seat. And I cannot wait. Um, I'm going to let the program that we've set up the app choose the winner. So literally like the more you share, <laughs> the better chances you have of winning. So share it on your favorite social media channels. You can actually email it to people, invite people to the challenge. I really want this to be a community affair. And even if you don't do wild and holy truth group program with me, you're still going to get so much from the challenge of talking about these four layers of truth that help you show up in a braver, more courageous way in the world and in your relationships and basically just in your life. So you do not want to miss this. So today we are diving into a topic that actually came up on after the episode last week that was so good, so good. I wanted to do a whole podcast episode on this because it's so major. So if you tuned into after the episode, and if you have, if you're not tuning into after the episode, like you got to come on, <laughs> you have to come and check it out because this is the place where we go into deeper dialogue around the things that we're discussing on the podcast. We're building community. We get to like talk about all of these really rich concepts and topics and go a little deeper. And I invite you to make sure you're, you're putting it in your calendar because it's every Thursday at 1130 Central. So put it in your calendar, whatever time zone you're in and plan on joining me. because it's really just 30 minutes of us diving a little bit deeper, having a 
really awesome spiritual conversation um, where we pull all of these concepts and threads together, and it's really great. So if you tuned in to after the episode last week, you know I talked about how our view of God shapes the way we approach the world. Like it really shapes the way we orient to the world. And there are three pieces specifically I wanted to dive into. So the first is who we imagine God to be. The second is where we imagine God to be. And the third, and this one's probably most important, is who we imagine we need to be. Okay, so we're going to dive into all three of these today. So as I mentioned on after the episode, there are, in my mind, there's like two polarizing views we can have of God that dramatically shape our orientation, okay, into the way that we live our lives. So we can view God as someone who we must please and fear, right, or as someone who loves us unconditionally, okay? And when I started talking about this last week, last week, I was like, wow, like this has been such a huge game changer for me because in the first version of God, the first description of God, like someone that we must please um, and fear, this really shifts how we're living our lives. Okay. And so let me kind of break this down to you from a more practical level. So if you have a parent, for instance, who loves you conditionally, like they only love you if you do X, Y, Z. And if you, do, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you're going to get in trouble, okay? I want you to think about the pressure that that creates on you and the focus that, that that creates for you in how you live your life, okay? Because if we are being raised by a parent who is giving us conditional love, that means first we have to earn the love, by doing X, Y, Z, right? And this is based on their terms, not our own, okay? This is a huge important piece. So we have to rise to somebody else's expectations, which takes us away from our authenticity, first and foremost, which is a very big piece of all this, okay? And then we have to also acknowledge that if we don't rise to that expectation, if we don't do it well enough, then something bad's gonna happen. We're not gonna receive that love, okay? Do you see how that's fear-based? Okay, so I want you to imagine now that this is your concept of God, that in order to be loved by God, you have to do X, Y, Z, and if you don't do it well enough, then you're not going to be loved, and there's a whole other underbelly to that. Something bad is actually going to happen, okay? So if you're walking through the world believing that you have to do X, Y, Z, and you have to do it at a certain standard in order to be worthy, do you see the pressure that that creates for you? Because for me, that's created a whole lot of pressure. It's created pressure to please other people. It's created pressure to be perfect, right? It's created pressure to pretend, pretend that certain things were important to me when they really weren't, or pretend that um, I held certain values when they never really felt authentic to me, right? Um, I felt like I had to prove, had to prove myself. And if you go back into like the enoughness work, right, like two years ago, there's this really great blog post, and I'll try and link to it in the show notes, where I talked about the four Ps that keep us from our authenticity, right? And they're pleasing, proving, perfecting, performing. 
And these things take us away from our truth because anytime we have to please somebody else other than ourselves, we're working for somebody else's approval instead of our own, which takes us away from our true belonging, which P.S., by the way, if you have not gotten Brene Brown's new book, Braving the Wilderness, or if you have not watched any of her interviews, like you've got to do it because she starts to talk about this belonging thing, which we're diving way into in Wild and Holy Truth. Like how do we, how do we belong to ourselves? How do we create a sense of belonging with our own soul? And this is so incredibly important for being more courageous and showing up in the world because integrity becomes one of your biggest values. Authenticity becomes one of your biggest values because if I sell out to make you happy or somebody else happy or to win your approval or to prove that I'm good enough to belong, then I'm taking myself away from me. Okay, so I can, and Brene says this so well, she says, so I can, I can fit in for you, but I no longer belong to myself. Okay, this is self-abandonment. That's what that is. And when we're here to live our wild and holy truth in the world, self-abandonment is no longer an option. Okay, because you're so important, your integrity, your authenticity, your values, your congruency is so important. You can no longer self-abandon yourself. Like you can't do it because it chips away at your soul and you're not willing to do that anymore. Okay. So this is a huge concept, but back to the idea of your view of God. If your view of God is that you need to please perfect, perform, right? Prove yourself in order to be worthy. When is it ever going to be good enough? When are you ever good enough? Okay. Do you see how this starts to really play out in the real world? Okay. And then what's really interesting which I just, I find is so fascinating is when we have this view of God. So not only are we trying to please God and, and perfect ourselves for God and prove ourselves to God and please God, all these things, right? We start to do this with other people because this is how we orient ourselves in the world, right? So we try and please other people. We try and be perfect for other people in order to be good enough in their eyes. We try and prove that we are worthy of, of belonging with them, which is really just fitting in, Right. So this dramatically shifts the way you view your relationships, all on how you view your relationship with God and who God is, okay? This is huge. And for much of my life, I lived from this orientation that I needed to do X, Y, Z for whatever the Bible said, which I totally have a completely different view of the Bible at this point um, that continues to evolve and shift mind you, because it's a very, it's a living, breathing piece of art that is shifting and evolving and growing with me as I shift and evolve, which is actually really cool and a whole lot of permission and open for exploration and uh, interpretation. I just love it. But I had to do X, Y, Z, whether I wanted to or not. So when you have like a rebel soul, like I do, and somebody's telling you what you need to do and how you need to do it and when you need to do it, there's something about that that takes away the opportunity for me to trust my own wisdom, for me to trust that I have a good head on my shoulders, that I have a good conscience, right? That I have good integrity. Like, I know how to be a good person. I don't need to be told how to be a good person. We all know how to be good people, okay? And when we are coming from a loving place, truly loving ourselves, all of this stuff takes care of itself. When we are standing in our enoughness and our own worthiness, all of this stuff takes care of itself, okay? And the more we stand in our enoughness, the less we please, the less we prove, 
the less we perform, right? The less we perfect. And perfection is like something that just totally falls away. You realize you're already perfect. You've always been perfect <laughs> for who you are here to be, which is awesome and freeing and so great, right? So this orientation shifts a whole lot for how you're living with yourself, how you're living with others, and the relationship you have with God, okay? So the other side of this is if we don't see God as somebody to, that we need to please or to fear, the other option is we see God as someone who unconditionally loves us. Like we can't screw it up. There's nothing that you could do wrong. There's nothing that you could ever do that would separate you from God's love, ever. The minute you make a mistake, the minute you go against your values, the minute you step out of your own integrity, it's already forgiven, whether you ask for forgiveness or not. Like that's unconditional love, okay? And, you know, this is something that's really hard for us to do as humans and to imagine what it's really like to practice unconditional love. And, you know, the way that I kind of liken it now, it's like I used to have really high expectations for my friends that they needed to show up for me in a certain way to prove that I was important to them. Okay. So you see how this orientation showed up in this way. And then when I stopped living from that orientation, um, not only did I not have as high expectations of my friends, like they didn't need to go and fulfill all these needs for me, which took a lot of pressure and stress off of our friendships, but it also gave them full permission to like be who they are and show up as they do and let that be enough and actually really validate that and appreciate that about them. It, it allowed me to, to really acknowledge and love them for how they were able to show up instead of needing them to show up in my way and then getting pissed off because it wasn't showing up that way. That makes sense, right? And so now it's like, um, let's say like a friend forgot my birthday, right? It's like, to me, it's like no big deal. Like it's, it's, it's already forgiven. Like, so when somebody asks for, for forgiveness for me or an apology for me, it's like, it's already forgiven. Like you're human. It's like, I don't take it personal. You know what I mean? And there's some things that I still take personal from time to time because I'm human. But for the most part, like it's, it's not something that needs to be, or like when my husband does something, like he totally forgot something, right? And he's like, I'm so sorry. I did that. It's no big deal. Like I already forgave you for it. And I think that that has really shown up for me the more I've, I've expanded my concept of God. Like, if I can love other people the way I know God loves me, do you see the connection here? That, and, and not even that, I get to love me the way God loves me. And that has probably been one of the biggest shifts for me personally and not only mindset, right? Like mindset will only get you so far. I'm talking about like a spiritual relationship with your soul, talking to yourself the way God would talk to you, okay? And this is why this is so incredibly important, who you view God to be. Because if you view God as somebody that has high expectations and you didn't meet the mark and now something bad is going to happen, if that's your view of God and I say talk to yourself the way God would, that conversation is going to sound a lot different, right? A conversation is going to be like, gosh, Megan, you know, you really, you really should have done A, B, C, D, and E. You knew better. You knew better, right? Do you see the shame in that? Versus if I believe God loves me unconditionally, there's nothing I can screw. I can never screw it up. I can never screw it up. I can never get it wrong. Like that's, that's the beauty. And so when I do step out of my integrity or something does fall flat and something doesn't come to fruition like I wanted it to, right? 
how would God speak to me in that moment? And that conversation sounds so deeply compassionate and empathetic and encouraging, saying, I have something so much better planned for you because you're here to do big things. I know that you know that, but I want you to know that I also know that. I see that in you. I want that for you. I'm here to encourage you and give you every single blessing you could ever need in your life to rise into your your fullest expression of who I sent you here to be. Do you see just how different that self-dialogue is? And that all comes from how you shift your concept of God, okay? So I really wanted to make sure that I'm teasing that part around, like out, because that was one of the first pieces that came up in our after the episode segment. And I wanted to take that even deeper because I think it's so incredibly important. Like when we're talking about wild and holy truth, like living your truth, like we're really talking about healing religious wounds. Okay. And a religious wound is anything that made you feel unworthy, anything that made you feel separate from God, because that's not the truth. Right. So that leads me to my second piece of here, where we imagine God to be. Okay. Growing up, and I think most of us who grow up in religion, we're taught that God is something outside of ourselves, something that we must pray to, right? Something that we must ask for their intervention for, like in our life, right? And we have to pray outside of ourselves to God. And if you go back to like really, really, really early, um, you know, primitive ideas of God, I would say like God's up in the clouds, kind of like the Greek gods, right? sitting on this throne, choosing to answer prayers for some people they've done enough (laughs) and not answering prayers for other people because they haven't done enough. So it's like that same orientation of God, right? And the thing is, as I've grown spiritually, is I've started to realize like God is not something that's only outside of myself. God is also something that is within me, okay? Now, Pay attention here because I think this is important because sometimes we, we do this black and white thing, right? Where either it's like God is here or God is there. And this is a really critical time where the both and philosophy is really crucial because God is outside of myself. God might be up in the sky in the cloud, right? He might be, she might be, but she's also within me and all around me. Okay. And let me tell you why this has been so important for me. Because in the past, I've had to look outside of myself for the wisdom, the guidance, right? Looking for the signs, waiting for the stars to align, okay? And sometimes when you're waiting for the stars to align or you're waiting for signs, you can feel like you're waiting for a really long time. (laughs) And you're also kind of on edge. You're like hyper aware of everything, which can create some anxiety. But if we view God as something or someone that is within us, do you see how that reorients you to seeking the wisdom that you already have, the guidance that is already available to you, right? And what's really interesting is earlier on in my journey, I really had to reorient this, which was really um, excruciating at times because there's a lot of um, ideologies in religion of like, well, who do you think you are to be like, to call yourself God or to think that God is in you or, you know, that's the Holy Spirit. It's not God. And there's a lot of hangups around it. Right. And I've had to give myself a lot of permission to really reframe the way I think, like where I think God dwells 
And to me, at this point, God dwells everywhere. God is dwelling in you right now, listening to this podcast. God is dwelling in me right now and speaking through me to you, to the God that lives within you, which is just super cool. God's also everywhere in between us, no matter how far apart we are, like God is there. God's all around you right now, present, loving, supportive, encouraging. And God is also everywhere in the universe putting all of these beautiful things in place for you. He's lining up all of these amazing stars to align for you, right? She's speaking into other people's hearts right now to come into your life as angels or as guides or as supports people to show you a deeper way of loving or giving you a lesson that you need to expand to that next level, right? God is in all of that. God is in all of that. But why I think this is so important is I pray outside of myself, but I also tune inward to the guidance that I have within me. And so it's not either or, it's both and, okay? And I think that this has been so incredibly important in the way I view my relationship with God because now it's a co-creation. There's stuff that's happening outside of me to reach a dream or have a desired outcome come true. And there's also stuff going on inside of me. And it can't just be either or. It has to be both and, right? (laughs) And I think that's why it's so refreshing to for us to understand where we believe God is. Where do you believe God is? Is God outside of you? Because that kind of goes into, I'm waiting for this divine intervention, which kind of takes us away from our own divinity, our own power, right? Our own divine wisdom and guidance. Versus if we are looking at it both and, saying, God, I know you're going to show up for me. I know you're aligning things in my favor right now. And I'm also tuning into the wisdom that you're speaking in my heart right now. I'm listening to that call. I'm feeling the pull and I'm tuning into that. Because for me, like having this both and philosophy, which by the way, is like, this is the, the undercurrent underneath wild and holy. It's not either you're wild or you're holy. <laughs> it's your both. It's your both. You're both and wild and holy. Be wildly yourself and still belong. Right? You can be um, a total mass and still be whole. Right? So having this orientation of it, God outside of me and inside of me and everywhere in between has been really life-changing. And that's why I wanted to dive into that piece. Now, the last piece, the third piece, is who we imagine we need to be. <laughs> and this one, I think, is probably the most important because after we kind of expand our idea of God, like who God is to us, which is really going to change the way we orient in our relationships, not only with others, but to ourselves, okay? And where we imagine God to be. So we're, we're kind of claiming our, our own divinity here. We're seeing our own divinity. We're starting to acknowledge our own divinity, and then we're learning to trust it, which is a huge part of what we're going to be talking about in Wild and Holy Truth, of learning to trust your own wisdom. Oh, my goodness, right? And understand that as God breathed. Oh, because that's life-changing. But now, who do we need to be? Who do we think we need to be? Who do we think God wants us to be? And that is a beautiful question, right? So in the past, 
when I had a different view of God, which to me was kind of a smaller view of God. Um, it was more black and white, really, really, yeah. More black and white, rigid. Um, didn't have a lot of flow or flex or movement to it at all. Um, I used to think that I needed to be a certain way in order to be good enough. I used to think that I needed to do certain things, or more importantly, not do certain things in order to be worthy. And this, I think, is really the foundation of this whole um, being afraid of being too much and also being afraid of not being good enough. And I think that we find ourselves in, in this middle ground a lot, like we're bouncing back and forth between I can't be too much, right? But I also need to be more than enough because that doesn't feel good either when I don't feel good enough. And we bounce around here um, for a while. And, you know, I've noticed for me personally, this has really dramatically created a lot of barriers for how I show up in the world, the permission that I've, I've have not given myself to show up in the world, right? And when you understand who you need to be in order to be worthy, and the answer is always just simply who you are. <laughs> you don't need to pretend to be anybody different. You don't need to pretend to be perfect. Like, you're already enough right here, right now. There's, you could die tomorrow having done nothing else on this earth and still be enough, okay? You could go and spread your truth as loud as you want, as big as you want, to however many people you want, and never have to worry about being too much. Okay? Because you'll never be too much for God. And you'll always be enough for God. And that's why I think when we truly know this, that fear starts to dissipate, and we start to trust our truth more. Because here's the thing, I, you know, when we're working towards self-expression or self-actualization or being the people we are here to be, which to me is always living into our bravest selves, our fullest expression of self, we have to give ourselves permission to let go of the too much and never enough. Because it keeps us boxed in and it keeps us small and it keeps us second guessing and it keeps us trying to see how we're going to land with certain people. And so we're still kind of working off of that old, old story of needing to please other people, needing to be perfect for other people, needing to fix, fit in this box for other people, right? And so that's why like, if you have a different concept of who God is, that you're loved unconditionally, you can never be too much and you're always enough. Do you see how that starts to shape who you need to be? There isn't all of this backstory of, of going through your brain of like, oh gosh, well, what if I say that and it's too much for somebody? Or what if I do this and it's too much? Or what if I do this and it's not good enough? It's like, it, that's not reality. <laughs> it's not reality. <laughs> because when you are right with God, it, none, of it, none of it else matters, you guys. Like, it doesn't matter. When you are right with God and God, and more importantly, oh, this is so good. When God is right with you, when you know God is right with you, you know God loves you unconditionally, and you have this framework, you can't screw it up. You can't screw it up. You might be too much for some people, but you'll never be too much for God. You might not be good enough for some people, but you'll always be good enough for God. Do you see how this totally gives you wild permission to just be who you are? 
just be who you are because it's not about pleasing other people. It's not about fitting in with other people. It's about belonging with yourself first and foremost. It's about having deep belonging with God. Oh my goodness. And when you are grounded in this truth, the who you are is enough and it'll never be too much. Oh my gosh. That's like the foundation of conviction. And, you know, a lot of times when I'm working with clients, one of the first things that we're working through is how to get over what other people think. And this is something that a lot of us struggle with. Oh my goodness. And it keeps us second guessing ourselves, which takes a lot of mental energy. Um, it keeps us doubting ourselves, which also takes a lot of mental energy. But not only that, it really creates a smaller world where we're afraid of stepping into that next level. We're afraid of stepping into the arena. We're afraid of opening ourselves up to judgment and criticism because what if we are too much for somebody or what if we aren't enough for somebody, right? But when you have this figured out like on a spiritual level, all, like the other stuff just doesn't matter as much. Like, of course, you're going to piss some people off by sharing your truth. Of course you are because some people aren't going to be ready to hear it, right? <laughs> And that's okay. That's totally okay. Because if you're sharing your truth and you truly believe you know, you know. It's a knowing that it's God-breathed, that it's God-driven, it's God-led, that this is who you're here to become. Do you see how that gives you like courage out the gazoo <laughs> to go and share your truth in the world? Because there's such a deep sense of spiritual belonging. And there's this sense of wholeness. And that's what I just, I think is just so cool about this work. And so when we're talking about trying to solve a spiritual problem, right? And a spiritual problem is feeling um, the self-doubt of feeling, of giving more power to fear, right? Instead of the more power to truth, that's a spiritual problem. But you can't give more power to truth until you first know what your truth is. Second, you trust your truth, right? Third, you own your truth. There has to be this ownership piece that takes place. And then fourth, the decision to rise in that truth, right? Of taking that action, which is all the stuff we're going to be covering in the four-day challenge, okay? Because when we're talking about dealing with like insecurities or feeling like underconfident in ourselves or being afraid of being too much or never enough, it's not enough and I very rarely say this, <laughs> so <laughs> poke your ears up. It's not enough to simply fear less, which is where I think a lot of us, we try and put our energy. We try and fear less, fear less, fear less. It's also trusting more, okay? And if we put our energy into trusting more, it doesn't matter how much we're fearing, okay? Because our trust will overpower the fear, but here's where it gets really interesting. And this is why I think the Wild and Holy Truth Group program is going to be so powerful and, trans and transformative is because in order to trust your truth, in order to trust yourself, you have to know what you're putting your trust in. Okay. And that's where that spiritual authenticity piece really comes into play. That's who, that's why um, unraveling all of these, um, good girl scripts like that are embedded in a lot of our religions is so incredibly important of who we think we need to be in order to be worthy of God. Like all of this stuff intersects, you guys. It all intersects. And so if you want to be your bravest, most confident version in the world, you have to trust your truth more. And to me, truth is synonymous with God. Like 
it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Like, what is your purpose of being here? It's the same thing as who did God send you here to be? It's the same thing. <laughs> so if you really want to be convicted in who you are and why you're here, like, you have to do the spiritual work. That's the solution that so many of us try and bypass. I have bypassed, right? And if we stop bypassing it and we really get in here and we unravel these stories of who God is to us or who we are told God had to be, and we redefine who God is for us that is congruent and completely permissive and full of our own imagination that is so God-breathed of understanding who God is to us, this changes everything. And where we think God dwells, just starting to realize that God dwells in you. And not only do you have wisdom and guidance available to you, but you also have divine power. There's nothing that you cannot do without God. Like, that's why like this whole spiritual work and like re-examining the Bible is like such, it, it, it's just a, such a mind trip because now I see Bible verses like completely different. Like the whole concept of like, you know, there's nothing you can't do without God. It's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because God is, in, is within me. And so when I'm really standing in my own divinity, of course I can do anything. Of course anything is possible because it's God breathed. It's God willed. It has God's support. Like oh, this stuff is just so <laughs> major. It's just so major. Like it changes your life. It changes the way you walk through the world. It changes your relationships. But more importantly, you guys, it helps you find true belonging in your life within your self. And everything else starts to fall away. You know, I was listening to Rob Bell's podcast today, the latest episode, um, Wisdom as You, which is so good because he breaks down the Bible verse or one of the uh, Jesus' commandments of love your neighbor as thyself, right? And he focused on the as thyself part. He's like, he was talking about how important it is. So, so love your neighbor as yourself, right? But we never bring it back to the question of, but how are you loving you? And if that's the foundation for how we're supposed to love others, do you see why how you love you is so incredibly important? And his episode talks all about like receiving blessings, receiving gifts, all these things that you're trying to give other people, right? But also opening yourself to receive. But what I find so fascinating about that in particular is really looking at how do we love ourselves better. And to me, my goal in this life is to love myself the way God loves me so I can love other people the way God loves them. And to be so full and grounded with truth, which to me is synonymous with God, that there is no point in time where I end and God begins, or God ends and I begin, because it's one. And when you're living from a place of oneness, literally, you become not only unshakable in who you are and what you're here to do, but you become unstoppable in serving your unique purpose in the world. So these concepts are just, oh my God, <laughs> so amazing. So amazing, which is why I'm just, I'm so excited to hold a container for you, for y'all to step into this work with me and do this wild and holy work. 
of redefining all these things for yourself and finding more freedom and finding more permission, but more importantly, finding your conviction. Conviction. Because anybody can pretend to be confident, but conviction is something you cannot fake. And that's what Wild and Holy Work will do. So, oh, man, this episode just has me so jazzed up. I just feel like (laughs) the energy moving through me is just so good. So good. So three pieces we talked about today. Who you imagine God to be and how this dramatically shifts the way you orient to your life and your relationships and to yourself. The second is where you imagine God to be. Okay, because this, if we start to imagine that God is also within us, we know that God is within us, we have so much more access to divine power and divine love and divine wisdom. Oh my goodness, it opens you up to such a more empowered place of living, right? And then the third is who do you imagine you need to be? Okay, and that's when stuff gets really good and comes full circle. Because when we're talking about spiritual authenticity, we're talking about finding belonging, we're talking about doing your holy work in the world, the only way we do these things is being our truest self. And that's the beauty of being both wild and holy. Because our truest self is just so vast and holds space for so many dichotomies and paradoxes that we get to be it all. So, oh, I'm so excited about this episode. It was so good. So um, I want to hear from you. Like what lands from this episode? Like what is speaking to you out of these three things of imagining who God is, where God is, and who you need to be in God's image? Like this is, these are such good questions. And as you live into your answers, which I think that's a, another favorite quote of mine, um, you know, my friend that passed away when I was 23, her name was Ashley. I don't think I've ever really mentioned her name to you guys before. Um, but my last birthday before I was alive, I mean, while she was alive, she sent me this card and she said, you know, the, the card said, maybe it's not all about having all the answers, but living into the answers. And it was just such a perfect card for me back then because <laughs> Man, at 23, I was just so wrapped up in needing to have it all figured out, right? And I mean, even at, you know, 27, 30, still totally wrapped up in having to have it all figured out <laughs> so I could show up more bravely in the world and, and you know, feel more confident. And it's like that, that has totally gone out the window of like not needing to have it all figured out. And there's so much permission in that because I just get to show up where I am and know it's enough, right? And continue to live into more answers which to me is continuing to live in more wisdom and just in being on this journey. Just being on this journey, it's not about getting to a specific destination. It's about enjoying the ride. So I want to hear from you guys. We're going to have an amazing after the episode on Thursday. So please make sure to put that on the calendar. It's going to be my Facebook page, my biz page. Um, I'll put a link down in the show notes for you to go and like that page so you can be updated when I go live. I would love for you to come and join me and let me know how these things sat with you. Like what's hitting, what's resonating, what's maybe making you feel weird of like, that's not what I believe. That's good. Like <laughs> sometimes when things trigger us, that's really good information for us to have and be like, why is this rubbing me so wrong, right? 
what is my resistance? Like all of it's good. All of it's good. So I want to hear from you and then send you a loving reminder there's still one last spot to join me a wild and holy weekend this weekend. We're getting started Friday night at six o'clock. We're going to have an amazing dinner. I'm going to make you tacos because you're in Texas. <laughs> so we're going to have brisket tacos and a sweet potato black bean taco. I'm going to make some amazing rice for that. And I'm going to be welcoming you with this signature wild and holy champagne punch, which is probably the most beautiful drink you will ever have. And it's gorgeous. It's pink and it's got flowers in it. I'm not going to tell you anything else. It's so good. And then we're just going to gather. We're going to gather um, as women. And we're going to set some beautiful intentions together for the weekend. And we're going to let the weekend unfold as it's perfectly intended to. And we're all going to be in co-creation together of simply being who we are and letting that be enough. And I'm really embracing this permission to be both wild and holy. So if this is calling to you, I am willing to offer a special payment plan for you to make this happen, to make this doable, because I know that you need to be there, okay? And what's most important to me about my work is making sure it's offered to people who can benefit from it the most. So let's talk about how to make that happen. So please private message me on Facebook. Or you can send me an email, which is livetrue at megan-hale.com and ask me how we can work something out, okay? Because I know you know, listening to this podcast, like, oh, I need this. <laughs> I need this. And maybe it's coming through as like, I just need to get away and like recenter and regroup and just find my footing. I just feel like I've just been disheveled and frustrated. Or maybe you're that exact woman that I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, who feels like she's beating her head against the wall, trying to solve a spiritual problem in non-spiritual ways. And I got what you need, girl. Okay. So please reach out to me and make sure you're signed up for the four days of Wild and Holy Truth Challenge. Make sure you get that unique link that you're sharing it because you're going to be entered to win a free spot in the Wild and Holy Truth eight-week program that is going to blow your heart and soul wide open. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about this space that we're creating. So you don't want to miss any of that. So make sure that you're all signed up. We're going to get started next Tuesday. And I'll see you on Thursday for after the episode. Have an awesome start to your week. Bye.